0: So we're still out here in Tolantongo. You can see if you if you're watching on YouTube, you can see in the background these huge hills have run down to this valley and this river that has hot water coming straight out of the mountain. We checked out the the tunnels and the caves and the and the grottos and everything is pretty fantastic. And uh, I'm still here with my friend Gela, and I I wanted to continue this talk this conversation, talking about how you can live your life in a in a different way, like Follow your i don 't know live, live the dream I guess <laughs> live your life in, in a way that's maybe unprecedented as an, as an adventurer, a traveler, uh, doing things like that. so I wanted to ask you what what your life is like at the moment, like what what you do in your in your daily life or uh, the, the work that you do and that kind of thing.
1: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the moment, I'm actually living in Costa Rica. Uh, I work as a homeschool teacher for two young boys, as well as the principal of a very small school uh, with all the community children there. It's a, it's a mountain that we live on. It's actually the highest mountain, highest peak in all of Costa Rica, but we're at the base of it. Um, half the year I'll travel, and the other half I work with the children.
0: So I'm guessing you don't go through like a regular curriculum like like teaching the kids arithmetic or like one plus one equals two and uh, (laughs) something like that uh tell me about how you work with the kids
1: um well for the most part what i try and do is incorporate their interests because it has to do with my motto is that as adults as teachers as guidance as parents whatever our main duty is to be that nutrition that soil filled with nutrition that rich soil that allows these tiny little seeds seeds, which are the children, to take root and become any plants that they choose to be. So their interest is what guides me to see what we're going to be learning. Um, For example, instead of just using the two-dimensional world of just reading and writing, we obviously incorporate reading and writing in every class that we do have as well, for the most part. Um, However I try and put these things into practice so that it expands the thought process. If we're learning about vitamin C and how vitamins go through the body and they're distributed, uh, we'll grab an orange. We have a creek by the house. You just drop the orange into the creek and follow it. So what I do is like we'll, as the children and I will walk together past the creek and watch how it actually flows. And the thought process of what we're learning is put into practice in a different manner than just, okay, memorizing this and this and that and conforming them, putting them, confining them to a tiny little box of how we want to teach them. Because again, my motto is not that I'm the teacher in any way. I am a part of the process, a part of the learning process. So as they're learning, I'm learning. Not only am I learning about what we're learning about, I'm learning from them. I'm learning immensely, uh, an immense amount of information and way of life from them. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, that's the thing with with traditional schools. It's like there's there's these very set roles. Someone is the teacher, someone is a student, and they never get reversed. You can never step into another role. Uh, that's that's what's happened for a long time. But that doesn't really happen with, with what you're doing. So, what it, uh, can you tell me about something that has, uh, one of the kids has, has taught you?
1: Well honestly I do learn one thing from each of them at least one thing but they have different um I could actually tell you the story I think I told you the story about the youngest the 6 year old uh it's the thought process it's the way they are like um he's very physical he's very active he's very comfortable with his body and quite fearless in any in every aspect of his life so we have these like sand hills and he jumps and does front flips and back flips off of them and right into the sand and uh to give me encouragement to kind of give me that boost of encouragement it's just like lalita he calls me lalita lalita just concentrate on what you're gonna do envision yourself doing your front flip and just push everything else out of your mind there's no fear and this is a six-year-old you know mm-hmm. this is like an amazing teacher it's, he's one of my biggest teachers but it's just to be able to see them outside of that normal environment of having to sit down and learn because I, I lived in Sweden and I had children that were um, five years old six years old going over to school and then when they come back and visit or pick up their younger siblings you could see the light in their eyes has gone out and I remember asking one of them like so how's school I never like hype it up like oh, "How's school it's great yeah it's just you have to ask them to let them tell you how they feel as opposed to having to answer in a way that you've already expressed that the answer that you want So I was like, you're already making it exciting. School's got to be exciting. And this is, again, this is in Sweden. And she looked at me and she said something that really broke my heart. She said, I don't get to do the things we did here. Because this was a preschool that I worked at in Sweden. And I asked her, I said, what do you mean? she said, well, I, I just sit down and I just read and I write and I don't get to move. I don't get to do anything. And in the stagnation these children feel within their bodies has everything to do with... How we are communicating with them and allowing them to learn from life, as opposed to here's a government uh assigned or educated uh person who is gonna be telling you exactly what you need to know about life it's just it's not our job,
0: yeah yeah cool. <laughs> so let's talk uh let's talk more about how people just uh seem to give you houses <laughs> <laughs> so' cause you told me a few stories, especially one. About uh, La Playa Blanca in, in Colombia, um, where you—well, you—you can t- tell me, tell me more. Tell me how you got to be in Colombia and, and in Cartagena and in, in La Playa Blanca. Tell me more.
1: Well, it—it's not something I've ever been seeking. I've never looked to own any property or a house in any way. However, it's been a common theme in my life. Where anywhere I go, I've just been provided with a house. Uh, with Colombia, it was complete in utter synchronicity uh, i was traveling actually from peru through colombia to go up to costa rica and as i'm on my way to costa rica i decided to stop in playa cartagena from there i was told about a place called playa blanca and white lotus union i didn't know what it was i had no idea but the name everything about it just pulled me in and i felt okay this is why i was heading in this direction before costa rica so i took my tiny little self all the way to Playa Blanca, and when I got there, I asked for a place called White Lotus Union. When I got to White Lotus Union, eh, I ended up meeting two gems who uh, who I cherish dearly, Walter and Maggie. And these two wonderful people had been—they had built a house along with a few other people, but they were the only ones that were left. And they built this beautiful bamboo house, no walls, no doors, but incredibly open space, and. Uh, they had been apparently looking for a vegan chef so when I showed up all I did was tell them that I was looking for a room to rent or maybe offer like work exchange I didn't know I just I kinda was open to anything and they told me that they had sat down and had a meditation session that day asking for a vegan chef to come into their pro- onto their property and two days into the connection with them they told me they were actually planning on moving to Sweden so part of their step is part of their journey was to move to Sweden, which is where I used to live, and that they wanted to offer the house for me to stay there for as long as I wanted to. So I stayed there for about two months before I headed on over to Panama, Costa Rica, then Costa Rica. So it's it's just been this reoccurring theme. Same thing has happened in Peru, in Tarapoto, uh, where just somebody needed me to like they, they just offered me a house to live in. They were gone, so for like three, four months I had a house in Tarapoto, and then now when I moved out here to Costa Rica, the first thing the family that hired me told me was, we've rented you a house. And I hadn't seen it, but the giggles came right up, because I knew what was what it was leading up to. It was the same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. In that case, you said you didn't really plan to, to, have a, to have a house, but you did have some kind of vague intention, or like the other day you told me about the, the letters that you wrote from immigration and from the insurance company and they ended up coming, coming back to you uh, as in reality as the actual letters. Uh, word so, for word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Word for word. And in this case, uh, how did you manifest it or was there a conscious process that, that went into it?
1: Well, I wouldn't. I I can't necessarily say it was a very conscious process behind this this manifestation. However, I think it had more to do with synchronicities. I was really looking for um, with Playa Blanca. I was looking for a tranquil place to stay. Uh, with Tarapoto, I was looking for a place in San Roque, and it's very hard to find a place like that. And we were given a house. It was my ex and I. We were given a house that had um, there were three hexagons put together just enormous house and the same thing with here here it was very it was actually intentional in Costa Rica it was very intentional my intention was to work go back to working with children have enough space just it's not a matter of space physical space but it had more to do with uh, uh, more it had more sorry (laughs) I'm getting distracted it had a little bit more to do with um, having space to be able to go within as well as have space to not be distracted. Speaking of distractions (laughs) and work with children, however, still work with retreat centers, workshops, still cooking, still being a vegan chef and the opportunity that was, and, and most people did laugh at me when I told them that I'm like, I want to work with all these things. And they said, you can't find a place that would offer you all three at the same time, chefing retreat and being working with children. And from out of the blue, I got a phone call from a sister who told me, said, the family that I know is looking for a teacher, but the community is as well. And it turns out that the family actually owns a retreat center. So the property is actually a giant retreat center. I live on the other side of the river, my own space. Um... And I'm actually also chefing for them when I want to. So I do get to do all three. I, I do get to stay involved the exact same way I wanted it to. So I think it has everything to do with, and everyone told me, the more they told me it's not going to happen, it's impossible to get all three, the more I knew it was going to happen. Cause the more odds that are against you, the more, you know, that this is actually your power is fighting you. So you can actually just shift it into the other direction.
0: Okay. That's, that's interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> so when, When people tell you that you can't do something, you take it as an indication that it is possible. Is that right?
1: I think it has more to do with your own fears manifesting through other people. So if somebody's telling you that you can't do it, these are the doubts within yourself that are telling you that, are you sure you deserve this? Can you really do it? Because we talked about this, I think, a few days ago, is that I think when it comes to manifestations, the biggest and the most important step that people need to take is to know their self-worth. And it has nothing to do with who you are, your characteristics, or uh, what you've done in your life, if you've been a quote-unquote good or bad person. Perspective has everything to do with this duality of the good and bad. At the end of the day, we're living. We're supposed to be alive. And everything that makes you feel alive, that electricity is pumping through you, that is what's supposed to be bringing you your manifestations. Because that's the fuel you put behind your uh, vision when you envision something, when you actually have these visualized... um, what should i say stepping stones in your life i guess cuz i don't want to stagnate them cuz they're just all stepping stones one leading to the next
0: Alright. Well I, I know a lot of people are gonna hear that and they're gonna be like, What the hell? That was a bunch of woo-woo nonsense. FW. But <laughs> but we're talking about like visualizing something and feeling feeling the emotion that's associated with it. So it puts it puts you in that place. So it's a if you know, if you wanna be more scientific you'd call it like self hypnosis. You're planting the seed to be to be confident. I mean, I know obviously, you, you've got that doubting look on your face because I, I know self-hypnosis doesn't qu- completely describe what you're, what you're talking about, but it's a way, it's a way to, you know, get for an angle on see. it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I agree for people to be able to see it, to be able to under- or understand the power of manifestation. I, I agree with you. It is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So you mean, let's see, well, I completely forgot where I was going to go. Right. <laughs> uh Ah, uh, okay. Actually, one th- one thing I was going to bring up was I think a a, a lot of people would will see you and they say, "Well, she's this uh, this is this young woman, very pretty uh, and petite, and uh, it's it's probably easy for her to just co- coast through the world, and people people give her things." But uh, we have this like with with Kenny, you you know, conscious Kenny Kenny Uh He's uh, you know, he's he's not. Small. He's he's about as tall as me. Got a big beard, very hairy, but a huge smile. And he goes through the world just saying to people, "Hey, I'm, going, I'm I want to offer value." Well, he doesn't say that directly, but he he uh, looks for ways to offer value. Says to people, "Hey, well, I will I will cook for you," and they give they give him food and board uh, and all this kind of thing. So it's 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 not restricted to a particular person. No. Yeah.
1: Absolutely not. Um... And that's the thing. This is also—it's reflected if we can relate back to how, uh, when you know somebody, their physical appearance changes for you because you start really get coming more in tune with their energy. So it's their energy that's pushing out. You don't see, you don't feel, you don't see them as much as you feel them. So, like you said, his giant smile—I I know Kenny's giant smile—it just electrifies your body when you see it. So it's just—I think it has everything to do with that. And then again, it's, it's always a matter of perspective. If we're going to look at me being petite cute pretty female there's also the thought process that my mom for example has oh my goodness you're out in this vast world you're petite you're cute you're tiny you're female all these dangers and odds are against you it's all a matter of perspective so i think yeah at the end of the day like you said it's the energy
0: yeah so true yeah that's cool so another thing i wanted to talk to you about was about depression so or about um Mental health, and uh, a lot of people will feel feel stagnant in the, in their jobs or in their life, and they won't know the steps that they can take, or they won't even they probably won't even think about it in terms of mentality, like how, how their attitude is is affecting uh, their quality of life. So, what what do, what would you say to someone in that case? Like that, obviously, you you would talk about their mentality, perhaps also their lifestyle habits, their their diet. Uh, what other things? Uh, would you what what tips would you offer someone in that situation i'm about to rant are you ready (laughs) (laughs) okay so
1: let's start with uh your first question depression and the thought process like that's the foundation of the question um i always say emotions again feelings are emotions emotions are emotions energies in motion and a lot of people really understand this at the end of the day the dualistic lifestyle that we live we forget that it's Whether you're happy, you try and boost that feeling up. And when you're sad, you try and push it down. And this is where we stagnate in our emotions and we get pulled back and forth. We're drawn depending on how we feel in the moment. Um, Living in the moment is not necessarily the same thing as feeling that moment and just being pulled around. So with depression, it's just information that's coming to you. Again, if if I were to, let me give you an example. Um, Let me just keep going. So at the end of the day, it's just information. However you decide to perceive it, it's similar to what you said, like small, petite, this and that. We can look at it from two different angles. It's still the same coin. It's just two sides of the same coin. So with depression, people try and kind of dampen it down. And then when they're happy, they try and milk it for all they got, you know, like I want to feel this great but realizing that it's just information at the end of the day allows us to not be pulled down like you said like depression right like those words actually mean a lot it's not how they're spelled it's not the definitions that we assign them it has everything to do with the frequency of the word because it actually vibrates in a different way so when you say um, like feeling down it has everything to do with density the weight right so when you're feeling down has everything to do with your energy being dense so if we realize that we have the chakra system for example it's not about getting as high as you can because that's me always buzzing but that doesn't find balance that, that doesn't define balance and it doesn't create balance within myself or my life so I think um, we I, the way I see it is that we are tiny little fractals <clears throat> of the earth itself um, <clears throat> Excuse me so as tiny little fractals of the earth we have the exact same cells we're the little cells of the earth within us we have the cells as well so going back to like listening to how words sound self yourself if you take the s-e-l and change it to c-e-l-l you realize that every single time you speak to yourself you're speaking to every single tiny little cell and i think i mentioned um vaguely about the first eight cells that you're created that are created that is the definition of what you embody so, as a human being, um,
0: can you can you
1: explain that a little bit? Absolutely. As a human being, the first, very first eight cells that we are that are created when they're split, those are the same eight cells that every other cell regenerates itself after. So, depending on how those eight cells, they never regenerate; they remain the same. However, you alter them, so they are the definition of your well-being when it comes to mind, body, soul, health. Um, and every other cell will replicate itself depending on how they are. So when you're eating, eat for those cells. When you're walking, walk with those cells. Like having that um, connection to tiny, eight tiny cells within your body is going to be able to expand them so quickly without us having to put any effort into not feeling depressed. So we raise our vibration not just to be able to raise the energy up through our entire our physical bodies, sorry forgive me but it has everything to do with how our physical bodies are feeling as well so when you're eating when you eat light it has nothing to do with eating light light it has more to do with eating lighter foods as in not dense the reason people do eat dense foods it has everything to do with the parasites so a lot of these depressions that people have depression remember you're feeling down it's not necessarily you that's feeling down it's a dense feeling of one, the food we eat, the thoughts we have, not necessarily always our own thoughts. Like we did last time, if I touch your hand and I remove my hand, can you still feel my hand there? You still feel the energy that doesn't change because we physically think that we need tangible things to know that, okay, this is altered this, but the energy within us is transferred whether we see it or are conscious of it or not. So a lot of the thoughts people have when it's surrounding like circumstances, their situation, they're not, they don't have enough money, they don't have this. They're always looking at the lack because there are organisms from within that are seeking things that are going to help them survive as opposed to the human that they're inside of, the vehicle that they're inside of. Uh, So I do think that food has a lot to do with it. It's, look, everything around us we consume absolutely everything from air to thoughts to food to absolutely everything. It's a matter of conscious consumption. It's a matter of realizing that <clears throat> what you're eating is gonna feed again those very eight cells and then what you are is gonna be embodied by those very eight cells.
0: Well I think about when you mentioned those eight cells, I notice how you're very empathetic, even with the like the smallest thing like a like a like a bee uh, something you're you're very patient, and you you notice it and and respect it. And I guess that that's probably related because you're think thinking about these cells within yourself. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't even think to be to have empathy for something so so small within them. But the the small things make up what we are.
1: Absolutely, you actually hit the nail on the head because. Um there was the next thing I was going to mention, but I completely forgot, but thank you for reminding me. The small things, those very eight cells also represent that tiny little child within, right? Um, the reason we also feel depressed is because we don't allow the inner child to be revived. I think the most important thing when it comes to people feeling a disconnection with themselves or other people around them or life in general has everything to do with the disconnection with of the inner child. So the the... The way I look at it is it's a matter of zooming in and out. So when it comes to depression, for example, and, and I, an exercise that I'd like to offer as advice is to be able to zoom in and out to get that perspective. Zoom in and out to be able to see those tiny little details of life that make everything so rich and I mean absolutely incredibly magical. However, to be able to zoom out and not let the little things weigh you down. To realize that there are, it's a part of a larger scheme of things. So for those people that are feeling like stagnant and stuck, the question is, if we're gonna look at the duality in life, if you were to, just as an example, if you were to get fired tomorrow, uh, and not you, <laughs> you're your own boss, I'm not sure how you're gonna <laughs> fire yourself, but um, if somebody were working at a job that they were about to get fired from, my first, my first and only response to somebody telling me they got fired is congratulations, as it should <laughs> be. As it should be, you were set free. But let's look at something that they deem as negative. If you deem something as negative or um, it's something that you need like money and you get fired from your job, but then two months later it leads you to being set free to moving to another country that you experience what life is truly about or you find a job wherever you are that you feel fulfilled with. And like not a job necessarily, a purpose is what I'd like to call it. would the first thing be considered bad still if it led to something quote unquote good? Right. It doesn't necessarily work in the same manner that we usually think it does. So I don't I don't remember where my thought process was going with this. <laughs> but um Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: good. <laughs> well let's uh let's let's move on. So the, the other thing is when a lot of people are, are trapped in this lifestyle or tra- trapped in the matrix and 9 to 5 or whatever, they don't really know. Uh, to them, it seems completely alien to live a life traveling the world or um, meeting people and, and, you know, just having a backpack and sleeping on the beach or whatever, whatever happens, happens. So, how, how can they start to build a bridge into that, into a different lifestyle?
1: Okay. Well, I think uh, for those that know me, silence is not something that really I can say I'm very good at. <laughs> However, I'm learning to be silent and be still. Um, and that's what I've learned. When when you do when you are silent and still, you realize that every single step you take is an experience, and what you can gr- you can grab um, so much knowledge and experience from every step that you take. You mentioned it, like sleeping on the beach. Yeah, I do. I have I've been offered so many houses. It's unbelievable. I have never had to buy one or pay for it because it's not the money. It's the experience that I've been pulling myself towards. Uh, but I've also slept in, I've had apartments, incredible apartments in chaco that were like literally built on the spot for me uh, right beside the restaurant. But I would choose to sleep on the beach. Cause it's the experience it's not the comfort it's not the money it's not the accomplishments and the goals it's the experience it's never the finish line right so within that um the advice that i would usually give people is just fly you don't see a bird looking down you do not see a bird looking for a safety net you don't see how somebody else is going to help it get from point a to b it soars and that's what we've forgotten to do because of this density that we talked about earlier. It has everything to do with being able to just soar and go through the experience. You might have to sleep on the beach one night. You might have to sleep on the street one night. But that's a manifestation you actually chosen because your fear has told you this is the worst thing that can happen to you. What you ended up doing is going, okay, let me see if I can actually experience this. And is it really the worst thing that can happen to me? Because once you do it, you're like, oh, it wasn't even that bad. What was I afraid of? Well, the fear is there to give you information of how powerful you are. So right then and there, it washes off. And then you take the next step and you realize I can accomplish anything. It's not a matter of I want to have a rich house. If that's what you want, that's fine. If you want all the money in the world, that's fine. That's probably your, um, your, 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 you telling yourself that you want to be able to up your manifestation skills right? So then you create exactly what you want. And again, it's the same thing, same coin, different sides with the fear. Um, When it comes to people, because there are different people that do want to move. I have a lot of friends that ask me that have children as well that ask me, how would I move out there with my kids? I need to make sure my kids are fine. Your children are your biggest allies. They're the ones manifesting this stuff for you they're the ones keeping your inner child alive as well because they're a reflection of your inner child. So what's happening is that instead of being fearful of protecting our children or I have to be able to feed them, what if they're hungry one night? It doesn't work like that. It really doesn't you are restricting and actually, not restricting, but you're putting force into a place that doesn't need to be. So there's going to be, um, some kind of battle between their manifestation of wanting to live life like that with you and your desire to do it, but your fears coming in. So there's, there's, what's the word I'm looking for? Not restriction, but it starts with R. (laughs) It starts with R. Anyways, but there's, there is some kind of, um, there is some kind of battle within people especially mothers i always say i i I just think it's magical how there are so many uh tigress lioness mamas and papas out there that just do so much for their children but they forget because they're they're in the process of sacrificing, and this cycle will loop itself, will continue. So their children will learn to sacrifice themselves. We're not here to sacrifice for here to experience. We're here to really, truly live. So once you sacrifice yourself for your children, they're not going to be able to experience life the way you would want them to do with absolute and utter freedom. So if you have children, go for it. Just go. You don't need that much money. You really don't. Money, okay, just one last thing. Money is currency, right? What is a current? An electric flow. So, and what are we, electric beings? <laughs> so, all it is, is one person, it's, it's the tool to get from A to B. But people focus so much on the tool, they forget to actually get to B. It's like wanting to build a house. If money would be your currency from A to B, look at it as the house being uh, your goal. However, the tool, money in this case, being the hammer. If you're just gonna focus on the hammer, you're gonna forget the wood, you're gonna forget the foundation, you're gonna forget the experience of building that house because you're so focused on the one thing you think you don't have. However, that current, that flow will come to you because you're the source of the electricity, which is why within these systems, people have to go and work as hard as they do just to be able to give of themselves that energy that's already there, that's manifesting everything, but do it in such a mundane and physical aspect and take the magic out of life. So you have to actually learn to get this much money so you can go do that thing. When in reality, you don't need any of that. You can just flick them off and go, that's my reality. That's the experience I'd like to have. And I guarantee you, it's it's ridiculously easy. It is ridiculously easy, but people don't allow themselves to know that they deserve it. They forget that they deserve every single thing that they desire may it, again may it be a hundred women or a hundred flowers or if it be a hundred <laughs> houses it doesn't matter what you're seeking what you're seeking can come to you just as easily as long as you stop obstructing your own path so just see it and the experience will land right in front of your feet
0: yeah that's so cool uh, it makes me think of when bill hicks talks about uh like boy bands and he's like everybody says oh they're such good role models for the kids and it's like well what what the fuck kind of role model is mediocrity that's not (laughs) that's not a role model that you want for your kids you want you want your kids to rock (laughs) yeah (laughs) another thing i wanted to ask you uh what what advice would you give if you met yourself as as a 10 year old what advice would you give yourself
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I love that. That's going to have me thinking about it even after I answer it too. Um, I'm trying not to regress back to who I was when I was 10, but just to kind of give the advice that I would, it would be honestly what I tell the children. I just realized that. Thank you for that epiphany. It would be the same thing that I would tell the children. Just magic, magic. Absolute magic. Uh, Can I tell you a little story? Yes. So at the preschool that I used to work at in Sweden, we were walking one day through the park and we see this, I'm going to make it as quick as possible. See a tiny little black poodle and this little black poodle, one of the children didn't get to, you actually know which child, but um, one of the children didn't get to pet this little black poodle and she started crying after everybody left and she's just like i i wanted to pet him too and nobody like let me so i told her i said well, we'll see another black poodle she goes i wanted to see that one i'm like well we can see that one again um all we got to do is just see it remember what that feeling that you feel like you didn't get to have imagine it just happened and feel it and i promise you we'll be able to see the black poodle so as we were walking one of the older kids looked at me and said I, I I know you're just saying that because she's a child, but she's like five, six years old. She goes, but that's not real, because I told her magic exists. Mm-hmm. And she goes, that's not real. And I told her, I said, I guarantee you it is. So how's this Emmy? Work with me, let's see the black poodle, because we're all going to do this together. Let's just see that black poodle come in while we're walking back to the school from the park. And as we we're walking, less than two blocks, and that poodle was going in that direction, and we're going here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kid you not, I don't know how it happened. Well, I know exactly how it happened, but <laughs> right then and there, there comes the black poodle. And they all looked at me like just astonished. I'm like, I didn't do it, you did it. Like, you know, this was this is a collective creation. It was a co-creation. People call it coincidences, it's co-created incidences. At the end of the day, we work together to heighten that manifestation power. And um, and later on, that I think it was the day after, Emmy's mom comes up to me. Her name isn't Emmy, I'm just calling her that for the sake of her privacy and integrity. So she turns around and she called me up. And she, she came up to me, she goes, I love what you do with the children. They're supposed to be allowed to feel like magic really does exist. And I said, well, it does, we should all know it. And she goes, and she kind of gave me a smile like, oh honey. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, listen, and I still have amazing contact with this woman. And I told her, I said, you know what? This weekend, when you're with your child, see your black poodle anything, try, try these little tiny things, walk along that path and see the black poodle and of course Monday comes, she walks up to me, she goes, I don't know how this is possible, we've been seeing so many black poodles all weekend long, I've never seen as many black poodles in my entire life, so I told her, I said, this is for your inner child to be able to take and cherish and keep and be able to remember that no matter what it is, grab hold of life and bring forth that black poodle for yourself. So if I were to go back and meet my inner child, I'd just say, keep going. You know, you're right on the right path. Just keep on allowing the magic to live within you, not to believe in it, but for it to live within you. Because when some of these things happen to us, when we clearly and consciously actually go for a manifestation, and it lands at your feet, there's no denying it. You can't deny it. There's no There's no way anybody can tell you anything that will take that experience away from you and not just experience, the empowerment. In a world where we've been told we have no power, we're just a bunch of working ants, you know? But that empowerment, that, that realization, when it comes to you, there's nothing like it. You can have all the black poodles in the world.
0: That's wonderful. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go for a black poodle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a kitten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Gallant. That was awesome. Thank you. Thanks.